Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. You where I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hi everyone, I'm going to episode 109 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Con Wiley, and today's episode is on three ways your brain perceives the world. This is an absolutely brilliant episode that I really enjoyed like, writing about researching because I've had quite a few conversations this week like, with different people about how the brain perceives stuff, why our perception isn't perfect. Yes, it's mainly because of driving. <laughs> But this is still a really interesting episode that I really do recommend that you listen to. So that's coming up. And it's Saturday, the 4th of September 2021 as I record this. So moving on to psychology news section. So we've been from the British Psychological Society Research Digest. And here's the first one. We think anger is a sign of guilt. But it may actually be a sign of innocence. We're famously bad at spotting lies. Well, most of us. Skilled lies are better. That doesn't stop us thinking we know when someone's spinning us a line, of course. Now, a new paper in Psychological Science reveals that we take an angry denial to be a sign that the accused is lying. And yet, the team reports anger in response to false accusations is a sign of innocence. And this one, well, I think we all know it. I think that whenever we accuse someone and they get angry, we always, always assume that they're lying to us because they get angry, because they want to over, yeah, because they want to over, overcompensate. Sorry, they're like are trying to hide the lie. So I do understand this, and it just goes to show that whenever we want to try and like spot a lie, we are terribly bad at it. And in and in social psychology, third edition or the next edition that's coming out next September, I forget when. Um, I actually do a lot of talking about lies. But I think the takeaway is, though, is just if someone acts angry, then it might be a sign of innocence. It might not be. Basically, there is no way to know. (laughs) So the next one is claim your dose. How text message reminders can increase uptake of COVID-19 vaccines. And I'm very happy to say that yesterday, as I record this, I got my second dose of the Pfizer jab and I'm feeling fine. So thankfully everything's okay and I'm really glad to be fully vaccinated now. Well, in like two weeks, I'll be fully protected. Overcoming psychological barriers to vaccination remains a significant hurdle for COVID-19 vaccination efforts. But I will just jump in here. Whenever you see on the news that someone talking about um, COVID and behaviour and everything, they never ever ask. They never ever ask a psychologist on there. They always ask a medical doctor, who's an expert in medical problems, not human behaviour. I just don't understand that and I've got to do a mini rant episode about um about like how badly like psychology is like stigmatized and how the um general public think that uh, psychology just doesn't matter even though we know a lot more than like medical professionals about human behavior okay then so mini rant over so going back to the article any given COVID-19 news feature will remind you that the, that vaccine hesitancy is rife, especially in countries such as the USA. Yeah, because the last figures I saw was that a third of the US is vaccinated at the moment. Compounding the issue further, even those who fully intend to get the jab can be forgetful or procrastinate. Yeah, that I've seen quite a lot and I'm not happy about that. Further hampering efforts to get shots in arms. <laughs> 
As such, it's likely to develop an effective toolbox to make it effortless and appealing as possible for patients to book and turn up for their appointments. And though they may insignificant, one of the most useful behavioural nudges we have at our disposal is the mighty message reminder. Crafting the wording of a reminder that packs a punch is no easy feat. As with most things in psychology, individual differences can greatly affect the response to any given nudge. But we now have a better impression of how text message reminders can impact vaccine uptakes as well as how to word them. So that I'm really glad about because text message reminders are really easy and they are really an effective way. Well, a way though. So as I always say, just please everyone, get your vaccine. Okay, and then there's one more. Tackling income inequality could boost children's vocabulary. Okay. In 1995, a seminal book was published suggesting that children from lower socioeconomic backgrounds were exposed to 30 million fewer words than richer children by the age of four. The so-called word gap, the idea, is now widespread and has informed early childhood policy in the United States, though the findings are more contentious than this ambiguity might suggest. But why might these children be exposed to fewer words? A new study finds that worries about financial insecurity reduce the amount of caregivers spoken to their small children, suggesting that these concerns themselves could be at least partially responsible for the word gap. So I think it's really interesting because you wouldn't traditionally think that just because you're poor, you would speak less to a small child. So that's really interesting. And I think that this gives us another motivation for why we need to try and lower this word gap and the inequalities in a society. So very interesting. So that's our psychology news section. So let's move on to the personal update. So we're moving on to the personal update. So this week has been a very like weird week because I've sort of got tons of things done and then I also feel like I haven't. Then also it's been like this weird like blending effect where I've not really known like what day it is because my days have sort of been like whacked out because I took like Monday off because my parents were back from holiday. So I took like that day off and it sort of like mucked up the entire week. But it's really great to like um, have them back and just like everything cover like that. So this week in terms of psychology, I've not been up to too much, except that I've now been informed that you can order the first three psychology boxes that will come out in January 2022 from your local um, ebook retail, <laughs> your local ebook retailers, really, um, your local bookstores and your local libraries, and also your your favourite ebook retailers. So that I was really like looking forward to. Those are book covers I really, really do love. And then I've also been up to like a few other things, but they've mainly been like fiction related that were like in, including like I've done a, a new kick starter, which I'm launching like next week. But that's all for my fiction lot. Yes, but next week should definitely be a lot more psychology focused because now I'm going to start preparing the podcast and getting the blog ready for my placement. So that's going to end over like a lot of like scheduling. And I'm really am looking forward to preparing the blog posts and everything for the next few months that I really am looking forward to. If there's a specific topic that you want me to like go through, then please contact me as soon as possible and I will ch- and I will walk on a it for the podcast. And actually, like, that goes for um, whenever, especially if you see like an interesting article that you want me to do a, a podcast episode on, then I'll um, consider it. So you can always email me at connorwiley.net. And as always, I always love to hear your thoughts and feelings on today's episode. So you can always email me, conwhitely, conwhitely.net. You can always leave a comment at the show notes at conwhitely.net forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at sci-fi whitely. I love to hear from all of you. 
And this episode has been sponsored by Biological Psychology 3rd Edition. This is an absolutely brilliant book that if you love today's episode, then you really have got to buy this, uh, this like a great book because it will help you really understand how our biology, like our brains, our neurons, our hormones, our neurochemicals and so many other great biological psychology topics can actually impact our behaviour because, because like so many people think that this is a dry, boring topic. But if you read this book, I promise you it really won't be because biological psychology is such an interesting and it's really an engaging topic, though, but it just needs to be totally correctly, and this book does that. So if you really want a great, easy-to-understand book that's actually engaging on how our biology can impact our behaviour, and I promise you it's a lot more than people actually think, then uh, you've got to get this a great book. So that is Biological Psychology, third edition, available from all major ebook retailers, and you can order the paperback, hardback and large print versions from Amazon, your local books or your local library if you request it. And if you want to buy the ebook directly from me, then please go to payhip.com forward slash Connor Whiteley. And if you don't want to buy a book, but you still want to support the show, then you can now buy me a coffee, which is a opportunity for you to give a one-time support to the podcast. And like both of these are sponsored products, help cover the cost of like producing the show up like my time and the editing and the uploading and just like running the podcast. So if you want to do that, then please go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Connor Whiteley. So that's some of the personality. Let's move on to the content part of today's episode. So we're moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be looking at three ways your brain perceives the world. And this episode I really do enjoy it because it's really interesting. And it's actually quite nice to step away from the clinical psychology every once and a while, and the mental health stuff. So when we consider all the millions of pieces of information brains get each and every second, from the nervous system, our sensory organs, and all the millions upon millions of arrays of lights that enter our eyes, all these different pieces of information are combined into our perception of the world around us. How does our brain do this? Because, and also though, what stops it from being overloaded? Because our brain gets a lot of information every second. Which leads us on to today's episode, because there are three main ways how our brain does this. And the first one is, your brain misses a lot. So this is actually one of the best solutions for how our brain can perceive the world, because we only actually perceive a tiny amount of the energy and information around us. For example, when I was writing the blog post, what was around me was there was a poster behind my laptop of the um, Aurora Borealis. And then uh, there was a cup of mint tea next to me. And I've actually got another cup of like, mint tea under my um, audio booth, under the shelf in my audio booth. But could I see it? I could only sort of see it because I could make out the white shape of the mug. But I can't see the colour of the drink in, well, like, in that side, even though the drink was clearly within my visual field and even the I wouldn't really say bus strokes yeah but the picture of the poster behind my laptop all that I know is that it was a, a green as well of the um, Aorva Borealis which is a wonderful word to say <laughs> but then if we take another step back and if we talk more generally humans are terrible for receiving different types of information because unlike other animals, humans can't perceive infrared light, ultraviolet light, ultrasonic frequencies. So even if I just mention that, you can see that our brain misses a lot because snakes, they can see ultraviolet light. And mice, from what I understood, they can hear ultrasonic frequencies. 
but this is only a partial solution because, as I talk about in the biological psychology book, information travels to our brain through our neurons, and some brains have more of these interconnected cells that allow them to process more information. The downside of this is that because some brains have an increase in the neurons and they're able to process large amounts of information, these brains are larger, heavier, and they require more energy, so these people tend to have large appetites. But I must admit that in my personality psychology and individual differences book, I discuss intelligence in there. And I don't think there's a strong correlation between brain size and, and intelligence. I wouldn't read too much into that. But then again, and I only like um, realised this when I was done with that paragraph, was we're talking about a larger processing power here and not in intelligence. Your brain has maps. So this, I think, is actually a very clever idea because this is actually a really interesting way that our brain helps us, helps us because what our brain does is it compacts information about the world around us into layers upon layers of maps with our costly neuron connections being made as short as possible. And because of this feature, each feature of the world is divided up into its own maps and this allows our brains have five senses in instead of two. For example, the light coming into our eyes, the smell of the air, the temperature, the taste of food, and so on. They all have their own map. And this is not like a schema, because that's what I thought when I first liked that, but this is down to the neurology of the brain. But these maps still apply the brain with too much information, so our maps cannot reliably or perfectly represent the world to us. Then the last one is, your perceptions and maps are changed. So for the final grand solution, our brain changes our perceptions and maps for us by saving and protecting some details but not seeing others. The ins and outs of this I talk a lot more in biological psychology and cognitive psychology books. And the reason for this is very simple. It's because the space in our brain is too precious and finite to waste on unnecessary information and neurons. With the easiest way to think about this is that your sight. So all of us can see that we have a visual field, but the only bits that are actually in a focus is the very centre of our visual field. Though when I, if you sort of look or if you sort of focus on the edges of your sight, then you can see that it's pretty blurry. And ideally, our entire like, visual field would be focused like the centre of our vision. And now I'm really concentrated on my like, visual field, <laughs> as I recall this. But the problem with that is that we would actually need so many neurons that our visual field would actually take up all of our brain even more. So we wouldn't be able to speak, we wouldn't be able to remember, we would only be able to see in a perfect vision, which is pretty useless by itself. It just, so it just wouldn't work. Making our brains need to change our maps and perception to make the limited room inside our heads as effective as possible, resulting in the brain developing sweet spots or focal points, like the fingertips for touch and the centre of our vision for sight. Conclusion. Our brains are amazing organs, I cannot stress that enough, and they've developed and changed so much to try and help us survive and become the best that we possibly can. Personally, I think these solutions are quite amazing. I just cannot believe how brilliant the brain is, and that's another reason why I love the topic of neuroplasticity, because I just love it. I think it's just really clever. So this is all really amazing, yes, considering that our brain sort of operates by itself. For example, we don't need to actually think to our brain, right, grow this area, put this in that section of the brain, and so on though. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope that you got something out of it. I really enjoyed it, so yes, I hopefully you did too. And if you know someone who would enjoy today's episode, then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful when you wonderful people help spread the word about the podcast. And also, please check out 
biological psychology. It's a great book and it's available on all major ebook resellers. And you can order the paperback, large print, and hardback versions from Amazon, your local bookstore, or local library. And if you wanted to, to buy me a, a, a coffee for just a bit of like one time support, then please go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Connor White today. So have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. And if you want a free Ada book psychology box set, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.